Hello and welcome to the Sound Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Kate Faust, singer, songwriter, producer, and proprietor of the Sound Spirit School for Creative Alchemy, where we are a community of musicians, artists, creatives, sensitive people, healers who are taking our lives, our experiences, our stories and alchemizing them and creating something new, creating something beautiful. That's so much of what I know that my purpose is about. And so I invite you on this journey, um, sharing with you ideas, thoughts, experiences that I'm having, some of the things that we're working on in the sound spirit, some of the things that come through for me in the creation of my music. And today I want to talk about, we were talking about belief systems. Um, As I'm recording this, we're a few days out from the Great Conjunction and the uh, solstice. I think I'll release this episode on the solstice. Um, And there's a lot that's happened this past year in 2020. And with this Sagittarius energy, we're looking at our beliefs. We're looking at what we view as possible. We're looking at also with the Great Conjunction. And we're also looking at paradigms. So personal paradigms, societal paradigms, and the structures that uphold those paradigms, right? And so um, I was inspired to talk a little bit more about this after our class last night called The Magic of Belief. And I'll uh, place a link to uh, the replay of the class. Again, if you're a member of the community, it's up on the archive. I wanted to kind of go even further and, and kind of talk a little bit more about fine-tuning, fine-tuning our lessons, fine-tuning our beliefs. And this is because I would say I started my journey of kind of freeing myself from limiting beliefs which I'm still in that you know I'm still working through that and I and I think you know with each I'm not thinking of it as a hierarchy of like um higher or lower I'm actually thinking about it in terms of like energetic expansion and like literally if I think about my field expanding um and you know, how much more of myself, my authentic self, my higher self can come through in my spirit, what needs to be fine-tuned in order for that to happen. And I gave some examples in class about how you can work with your lessons and your patterns. So um, I want to define limiting beliefs really quick, and then I want to give you some like, I don't know, some insider tricks. And like I said, if you want to go further with it, definitely look at the class. It's kind of chock full of other practical practices and modalities. But so limiting beliefs would be, again, they're different from thoughts. So that, you know, they, they can present as, oh, you know, I've been saying the affirmation every day that I'm wealthy and money comes to me easily. And then Um, (laughs) and then I look and money's just fleeing from my bank account and I'm in the same kind of financial scenario over again, or I'm lending money to people that I don't have, or I'm, you know, just again. So we're saying something consciously with our conscious mind and in our day-to-day life, we use about 5%. 
5% of our thoughts come from the conscious mind. 95% excuse me, percent come from that subconscious mind, which is the mind that is developed and recorded in a hypnotic state from the age of zero to seven. Um, some would even say maybe into the tween years as well. And um, so, <laughs> so you consciously are like, I am in a relationship with my life partner. And, uh, you know, um, you wake up every day and, uh, you know, you're alone or you're on dating apps talking to people that don't deserve your time, that don't have the kind of intention or alignment with the kind of relationship you say you want. This, there's a difference. So our beliefs are not our thoughts. This is um, on a, and I'm going to kind of maybe compare some of this to structural things because again, we're looking at this conjunction coming up. So we're looking at belief systems and the structures that uphold them. Um, easy example for me would be, I went to, to, to the Catholic church and they espouse being holy and being, uh, you know, you have priests up on the altar who are preaching sanctimonious uh, homilies and practicing uh, or seeming to practice abstinence. And, you know, in the case of my church, um, they're eating crabs for dinner every night with their vow of poverty. Um, and the church is paying millions of dollars to silence um, the victims of, of child sexual abuse, trigger warning, yeah, it's a I'm just using it as an example. So this is how the the conscious voice of this structure is speaking. It's intention, and I believe it has that intention, and yet it in its full development, in its full history, in its full shadow, we know that those um, nefarious elements have always been a part of how that structure has worked. And so therefore because they have remained unconscious and they have remained eclipsed in the darkness, they can't actually be transposed to a new state. You know, so, so this is what we're talking about when we're dealing with beliefs, right? The belief of in the structure, there's a belief, there's a core belief in the structure of the Catholic Church of power over, right? Um, um, and of certain figures uh, maybe being exempt from certain kinds of punishment for their actions, even though they preach the heaven or hell thing, right? And I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying that that's the only thing, uh, but, you know, I look at this nation, you know, look at the country we live in. We say that we are the pillar of freedom, and yet we are a settler colonial <laughs> in our roots, a settler colonial white supremacist extractive em extension of empire, not just here, all over the planet, okay? So, you know, we can think something, we can say something, we can affirm something, right? Think of what the, um, the Pledge of Allegiance sounds like and then look at the reality, okay? So, when we're talking about beliefs, we're going 
into a place that is oftentimes eclipsed from our conscious view. And now if we take it back to the personal, we're looking at, uh, again, we're looking at that theta state. And we're also looking at, for me, I'm always coming at things, and especially in the sound spirit community, we're always looking at things from a multidimensional perspective. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is, you know, and of course, I'm going to speak about some spiritual beliefs that I have, or rather experiences, experiences that have led me to believe that what I've experienced is real. (laughs) Um, It's not a dogma. It's not a suggestion someone made. It's an experience that I've had that I know other people have as well. Um, In my experience, we are infinite souls and we have, we take many lifetimes um, someone, some call them past lives, future lives, but you know, in the ultimate reality, these are all concurrent aspects of the self, which fractalize out into different dimensions of reality, right? And so, on a multi-dimensional perspective, if I'm zooming out at Kate's life, right, in this incarnation, and now I'm talking, okay, I'm looking at the infinite soul, I'm looking at like the galactic being, I'm looking at. Um, the connection to source, father, mother, God. I'm looking at the connection to Gaia Sophia. I'm looking at the ancestral lines, right? I'm looking at those particular lines. I'm looking at uh, the family. I'm looking at this particular body. I'm looking at this particular uh, location and time, the meaning, all of these things. And I'm saying, okay, if I, if I look at the challenges and the lessons that have come up for this particular character in this particular storyline in this particular location of time. And if I take all these things into account, I can start to see on a subtle level how things connect, how they've been working. And then I can also look at like, okay, you know, if this character in this movie if this keeps happening to this character over and over again, what would this, what would this person have to believe, right? Um, what experiences would continue to provide this person with the kind of lessons that would allow them to question their beliefs? Because here's when we start to question beliefs, right? So, so think about, we, we think about them often in terms of manifestations, in terms of what we, what we can or cannot do, where our limitations and thresholds lie. So think about, um, you know, certain issues in your life or certain important points in your life, things that have always come easy to you, right? Um, for me personally, dating. Is always, I mean, I, I guess I've struggled with it, like especially when I was younger and I I struggled with it personally with dealing with attachment trauma and PTSD. But in terms of finding romantic partners, it's never, I've never had to search. I've never had to search. I've never felt, it's it's literally something I don't even, I just know that, you know, that that will come easily when I want it to the point where I have to, if I don't want it, I really have to shut the door on partnership and i'm and i'm not talking about just dating or sleeping with people a partnership right 
Well, if I look at the beliefs that I grew up with, I grew up with two parents who are absolutely in love with each other, committed to each other, a solid marriage that was kind of the most important thing in our family. It was kind of the pillar of our whole family. The marriage and the family was the most important thing, right? Um, And even though I had experiences, I got made fun of so much. Uh, I was told I was ugly and didn't know I was attractive till I was 25. I always had people kind of around me in that way. If I look at my astrology chart, my Venus is in Scorpio in the seventh house, Pluto um, in the eighth house, Mars in Aries. There's a really, so Mars in Aries, a masculine sexual energy, Venus in the seventh house, that's all about marriage relationships, Venus being, uh, yes, romantic relationships, but also money, (laughs) okay, eighth house Pluto other people's resources, um, shadow work, um, you know what I mean? So I kind of like, I zoomed out and I was like, oh, that makes, it makes sense. I have a program of positive reinforcement around um, partnership, particularly with males. I, I struggled to open up to my queerness fully. I had shame around that from my childhood, but, but, you know, um, and I had some addiction and issues with that, as you can see in the limerence uh, episode. But, you know, I know other women in my life and men like that. They just can't seem to find a partner. Um, no one's good enough for them or they're terrified of being intimate with people. They have t- like they're like uh, um, fearful avoidant attachment they had abusive parents. So their belief and their program around relationships is totally different than mine. Totally different. In my programming, like love, safety, all of that's re- equated with family intimacy and like just like closeness and safety with family. And then also that um, love, relationship, marriage, partnership, right? So I have a lot and I've had to, because of that, I have had lessons that have challenged me and made me be like, do I really want that? Or do I just have a program? So so you can actually have positive programs, quote unquote positive. Like I have this program around um, relationship, monogamy, all this stuff. And yet part of that program in the way that I, I received it is actually a little bit, it's constricting and it's not fully authentic to the voluminous power and and authenticity of my soul and my higher self so I understand that I chose to learn certain lessons I have cancer in the fourth house that's your family relationship cancer the mother I one of my lessons in life is to mother parent myself and be able to show up in romantic relationships and even close sisterhoods and friendships without the codependency, without the assumptions, without the limerence and the love addiction, to be able to be there and be like fully present and intimate, but also be like, you know what? This isn't life or death. My safety doesn't come from this. My safety comes from me. My, my needs being met come from me. This is a great um, addition. This is a great collaboration, but it is not the source, right? I've had to learn that. Now, Um, a program that I am still working with, right? Um, 
I'm thinking of, yeah, a friend that's really close to me. She has like a lot of attachment trauma, abusive, um, certain parental figures, parental figures that were absent and then came back. So she's a lot of fear around getting close to intimate partnership. And I don't know what her chart is, but then, um, you know, she always saw women figures in her inner circle have like careers and go and get higher education and be high powered, you know, uh, successful independent women. And so her programming around that is like, that's effortless for her, effortless. For me, although all the women in my family worked and they worked hard and they're amazing, they didn't necessarily have careers. And they had a lot of negative programming around lack, around money. You guys have heard me talk about this. I also grew up in a, in a place where I never saw other creative people really um, do what they do for a living, thrive. Um, the messaging was always get a real job, get a real job. And a real job being not even a career, being like a laboring job that you exchange your you know per hour of your time per wage, right? So... It was harder for me to open up to, again, what the ultimately why we have to parse through these beliefs is that on a subtle level beyond the personality, why we have to go through these lessons is that we are here for our soul's expansion and co-creation, especially now, especially as one age is ending and another is beginning. In my community, Sound Spirit, we talk about this. We are literally here for this. Drifter Shapeshifter, uh, Jesse Nelson, um, I'll link his music and also he does astrology and tarot. He's taught classes at the Sound Spirit. He's part of the community. He's like a co-teacher and facilitator whenever he wants to be in the community. Him and I literally say often like, we are here for this, right? <laughs> like Pluto and Scorpio generation, like we are here for this. Like there's so much that's here for us and that we came to work through. Like it feels like the world is ending. Let's also have the belief that the world, the true world, the it's beginning, okay? Um it's begun and we're ushering it in right so um so the reason that we have to kind of work with these patterns is so that we can do this so that we can say oh i'm waking up i think you know spiritual awakening the term can be like so kind of haughty like i'm enlightened no it's literally just i've opened my eyes to see the unseen i ha i was asleep i was on autopilot and now i'm not Right. Um, so, um, yeah, so these lessons are, you know, uh, they're ultimately for our expansion. And sometimes, and, and they also can have to do with karmic relationships, especially with family mem members and intimate partners. We'll talk about that as well. Um, so, you know, like, you you don't have to like how they have come to you and you don't have to be, you can take accountability for the larger frame without blaming yourself or without letting like someone who's harmed you off of the hook, 
when you just see it from a larger vantage point, it becomes less about the personality, more about the higher self and about the soul. And there's less room for you to kind of bullshit rationalize keep your eyes closed because it's actually it's it's less painful to kind of look at it and you're just like oh oh okay and so instead of being you know so um victimized by your situation or the arc of your narrative and again i'm not suggesting you have to forgive everyone or be a martyr or a hero you can just literally just like get a little more sophisticated in your skill set. You can start to be like, oh, okay, I see how this has gone down. And um, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to go even deeper. I'm willing to kind of even see the layers of my lessons. And I'm willing to step into my power to find out kind of what else there is. You know, after you have so many scenarios of being heartbroken and abused and addicted to love, you're just a little bit like, uh, this is, the thrill is gone, (laughs) you know? After you've dealt with um, so much fear and victimization around your financial situation, it kind of just gets to the point where you're just like, Okay, like, is that is that it? Is this what it's going to be? After you get to a point of so much, like, failure, being mean to yourself about your career and feeling so stymied in your work and your creative life or in your inability to, to, to voice your needs in your job, whatever it is, there's a point where you're just like, you stop being mad at people. You stop taking shit so personal and you're just like, you know what, like, I would like, I'm, I'm ready to go out of the comfort zone, because the, the comfort zone's really actually quite fucking uncomfortable. The comfort zone's really actually, like, crunching me in to a level of smallness that it hurts me to stay in here, and I, I'm, it, it, it's like, and I'm done blaming I'm done explaining away. I'm done rationalizing my bullshit habits. I'm done um, having a reason why I can't do this and it's someone else's fucking fault. Now, I am no way canceling out systemic oppression or anything at all. At all. I'm talking about your interpersonal life and taking your power back. Right? Because sometimes we're waiting on the whole world and everyone in our life to change and to think that, you know, that that then will be okay. And that's like the people who win the lottery and go into bankruptcy within three years. You know, their situation changed, but they did not. They did not change. The, the cool thing about, and I'm sure if you look back in your story, there's been times where the opportunity door has opened and you weren't ready. Trust though, trust though that the divine timing, trust the divine timing. I've been like, oh, uh, this is over now. I can never do this again. No, 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 no. We're breaking all the paradigms, remember? We're looking at it from a higher perspective. Now, for me, when I when I was really kind of just like, you know what? Like, I'm tired of the bullshit I'm not playing. I literally remember I was in my car and I said to my guides, listen, 
and I was yeast. I was hollering. I was like, I am done learning from trauma, heartbreak, broke, brokenness, <laughs> being asked out. I'm done learning from suffering. I am done developing some kind of moral character from how much I can be crushed. I'm done with that paradigm. I am not interested in that anymore. You show me how wonderful this can be. I am ready to find out how wonderful this can be. And whatever healing I have to do to get to that place, I'm going to do it. You know me. You know that I'm going to keep doing the work. I'm never going to stop doing this work. I am so committed to my healing. I have come so fucking far. So you show me with some joy. You show me what compassionate generosity is like. Bring me the people, the scenarios. And if I have to do my shadow work, if I have to do the sticky stuff, bring it to me in a way that doesn't throw me the fuck out of house and home. Bring it to me in a way that I will clearly understand and I can go and do the work, go and do the work and continue doing the work without it completely rupturing my ability to follow through with my mission. Trust that I don't need to be thrown the fuck out completely for me to wake up and see what's going on. Bring me the, bring me the subtle cues I need. Bring me the relationships that I need. Let me face up to my projections in a way that I need that is done with kindness, gentleness, and love. But I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And since that happened, the way that I've experienced things has changed. And there's been moments where certain ruptures have happened where I thought I went back to, oh my God, how's this ever going to work? The times where I felt like I wasn't being met. And I went back to doubt. And immediately though, I, I can't really stay in that state for more than like a day or two. It just comes right back. It comes right back. And so for me, that was one of the like turning points. Your ancestors, your guides, they will collaborate with you in different ways, right? You can't get out of your soul's lessons, but within different, par within different timelines, within different versions of the self, within different uh, embodiments, skillful embodiments of your higher self, the lessons look different and some of them will fade away because they just cannot match what you're bringing and 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 but also it will require you to do things that your ego self is going to want to run from it's going to want to be like like i mean i used that example recently of both going on that solo retreat starting my gofundme starting my patreon i don't want to do any of that but like i have finally let go of certain paradigms around my work and i am available to advocate for my work, to insist on my purpose, to not take no for an answer, to ask for help when I need it, to move beyond my programming of, you know, as a woman, I only get power as proximity to men or all these other things. Like, I am not playing. I am not playing. I do not, like, and I'm not even mad when the old stuff comes up. I'm not mad. I'm just like, cool, let's do this. Let's work with this because I am not here to suffer my, even my own bullshit anymore. <laughs> I've gotten tired of my own bullshit. And so I don't like, 
I'm not mad with myself anymore. That's the other thing. Something that came through for me in this past eclipse season was an immense amount of forgiveness for myself. So when we look at, when we start to do this work, the shadow work, uncovering limiting beliefs, we can really start to feel like, oh my God, like so much of my suffering, like I really collaborated with that shit. Some of it was unavoidable, but for me particularly, like because um, there's been themes in my past lives of punishment and kind of like encasement and limitations and cages, and also then coming into again a belief system that was rooted in the Catholic Church. This this these themes of guilt, punishment, shame. Um, working with whiteness actually has been one of the most liberating spiritual practices I've ever endeavored. Untethering from whiteness, which I will, I'm going to do some podcast episodes occasionally to talk about that um, because I think it's really important work. Um, and so, you know, for me, like. I've had to kind of like, I have to be really careful about when I'm looking critically at myself, am I being mean to myself? I do, like, I'm mean enough, like I've done enough meanness to myself. So I have to bring in a lot of kindness. I'm a Virgo moon, like I can be really critical of myself around my worth and usefulness and all those things. So you know, like get to know your energy, get to know your patterns, get to know how you relate to things. Maybe you actually need more accountability, right? Maybe you have a way of just rationalizing all of your addictions and your numbing and escape mechanisms. That's fine too. Like if you're like, if you're fed up with your own bullshit, then you need a heavier dose of accountability. For me, I needed I need a heavier dose of, of kindness that that rest is permitted. Now, here's a fu- fundamental shift that's happened for me. One of the patterns that I was breaking was like that I have to hustle to death to to survive and barely make it. The irony is that when I'm in alignment with what I need and when I rest, oddly enough, money flows to me and that's just what happens like I'm actually a man I thought I wasn't good at manifestation because I was comparing my manifestations to other people and you know I did this program about manifesting um and a lot of times I you saw an episode there's episodes of this podcast about this and I'm going to be talking about this coming up in the Capricorn season about radical abundance and reframing the paradigm around abundance and manifestation. Um, You know, like, look at at your soul's journey, look at the paradigms, get, make right now, if if you can, in your journal, make a list of all the things that have gone right. Especially if you're an artist or a creative person, we can be so critical of ourselves so critical of our work make a list of everything that has gone right for you every time you needed something and the call was answered every time you stepped out and you were met instead of the the few times that maybe you weren't met in the way you wanted right 
So when I look at that, I'm like, like, even, you know, one example I'll give is recently, like, this, this, this happened, I've told this story too, like, when I decided I was going to move to LA, but I didn't know how I was going to do it financially, a check in the mail just showed up for like a couple of grand. And I was, I was like, I didn't know then I wasn't spiritually awake. But that was a miracle. It's called miracles. Um, you know, like my angels, my guides, my like, they've been looking out for me. The elementals, the fair, like the, my people, my lineage, <laughs> like they've been looking out for me. When I was ready to leave my relationship this past year, I'll give like a fun example. I went into a panic. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. And then I shifted and I was like, wait a minute had a conversation with my sister. I was like, I am divinely resourced. I actually posted that on, I was like, listen, listen, I'm going beyond the paradigms. I I hear, I can hear my mother's voice in my ear. Well, how are you gonna do this? How are you gonna do it? No, that's not me. That's not me. Let's plug into what's real right now. I know I'm doing the right thing. I know I'm calling, I'm answering the call of my my soul and my authenticity. I'm divinely resourced. Like, as I'm looking for apartments, trying to leave the place I was living, on the way to look at an apartment in an area I really wanted to live in that, you know, again, it's a weird time. It was June 2020. (laughs) Like, think about what's going on then. Um, I get a call. And it's my car insurance company. And they're just like, oh, yeah, like we sent you this check for like $500. We sent it um, because like I had been in an accident and there were some rental charges. Like it was basically like I was in an accident in the summer of 2019. And there were certain um, things that I had to come out of pocket for, like rental things and things like that. And my insurance person at the time was like, yeah, like just submit like your receipts and you, you probably won't get them, but you know, we'll submit them. We'll try and see if we can get them for you. And I was like, okay, I submitted the receipts in July of 2019, maybe, or maybe August. And you know, I got what I needed to repair my car. I didn't get those extra things. I didn't think about it. And then, yeah, right as I am looking for a place to live and, you know, stepping out into the unknown, I get a call from that insurance company and they're just like, hey, like we sent you a check back in November of 2019. It looks like you never uh, cashed it. It was uh, a check for the amount uh, to reimburse you for this. And I was like, "Uh." (laughs) she was like, you know, would you like us to resend you the check? Let's make sure we have the right address. And I was like, yes, I would like you to resend the check. And it was just one of those moments where, I, like, you can't make that shit up. It's it's not that that money wasn't um, available for me. I had let go of it. You know, I just did what my insurance person told me to do. I had I didn't think anything of it. And then in this moment, exactly when I need it, because apparently, like I said, it was sent to me the previous year, but I just didn't I didn't get it. And they noticed, they noticed, and they called me to see if I would like, you know, another one sent. 
And I literally, I remember saying to her, you don't know how much I need this right now. Thank you so much. You're an angel, <laughs> you know? Um, and so like, if I think about the future, the upcoming months and not knowing exactly what's going to happen, I'm just like, I know I'm going to be good. I know that number one, I know me. I'm going to do what I need to do to take care of me. And I know my guides. I know my ancestors. I know my angels. I know how they work. They're going to come out of the woodwork and they're going to give me whatever I need. That's my new paradigm. We're, I'm collaborating with, with the most high. I'm collaborating with the earth. I'm collaborating with my higher self. And so if that means I got to go hustle and do this, I will. If that means I got to sit in meditation and relax as much as I can and rest, because that seems to be my paradigm, I will do it. I'll do what I have to do. I'm not afraid anymore. And I'm not afraid to see what else needs to be healed. So as we approach this winter solstice, the solstice is the longest night of the year. And it also marks the return of the sun. So what's happening in, 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 and I recommend um, Molly McCord, I'll link the, her podcast. She has a great perspective on the Great Conjunction. Ghost of a podcast, Jessica Lanyadu has one as well if you want to get into more the nitty gritty astrology. But in terms of like the personal work, because like I look at the astrology because it's something I use as a tool, but I'm not an astrologer. I look at the astrology as okay, how can this, how can I use these energies and collaborate with these energies to support me? So when I'm looking at the Great Conjunction and I'm looking at the winter solstice too as an ancestral practice, I'm saying in this darkness, right, in this longest night, I'm going to cast my vision out into the great mystery with trust. I'm going to shoot that Sagittarian arrow beyond where my, my field of vision can go and trust that it will meet its target and trust that if I don't know what that target is right now, I'm going to know. I'm going to be shown as I go. And, and I'm open and available to not only be up-leveling my own personal paradigms, but as a community. It, within the communities I belong and within the larger world, I'm here to anchor in those energies, to live those things, to be the examples, to be the support system, to whatever it is. I'm here for this. And so I'm opening up a portal of manifestation as well. But it's not just, um, I want this thing, I want that thing. It's like what I actually want is I want the fullness of my authenticity, the, the full imminence, energy, power of my higher self to come through in everything that I do. And so the, if there's something that's been eclipsed from my view, if there's something that's been in the dark for too long, show it to me because I'm ready to move through these new, new paradigms, create these new structures, embody these new ways of being that are more authentic to me they're more in line with what the earth needs. They're more in line with what my community is um, at its highest uh, frequency going to embody. That's what I'm interested in. And then as the sun returns, as there's more daylight in the world, I'm ready to, again, not just, not just rest in those, but embody those. 
and being given the opportunity to do that again and again, being given the, the chance to do that again and again. So I hope that this podcast is supportive for you. I hope it gave you um, some perspective on how you can start to look at your beliefs, your lessons. Definitely, if, if, if you want to do more of the mechanics around belief systems and reprogramming, check out the class in Sound Spirit that I'll link. You can either purchase it um, as a single download or you can, again, join the community. It's $33 a month and you get our whole archive of classes. Um, if this podcast supported you, please head to my Patreon community for fun music, lots of other cool things. Um, and thank you for being you. Stay strong on your journey and don't suffer any bullshit, including your own. You know, have, have discernment for others and also for yourself with loving kindness, with neutrality, with self-forgiveness and compassion. So I hope you all have a beautiful solstice. And I'm going to end this episode with a song I created. And the track was created by a great friend and collaborator of mine, King Brit. If you know him, he's iconic. I've been a part of his project, The Flowston Paradigm, as well. This is a song from my EP called When. And it was based on a story I heard on NPR about a man who as a child developed some kind of sickness where he lost all motion and ability to talk and his family and his caregivers thought that you know he was a vegetable but actually he was alive um, inside of his mind and he started to be able to communicate with his eyes and eventually his mother realized that he was communicating and there was consciousness in there. And eventually um, he, he was able to get a machine that allowed him to um, find a way to communicate like through a voice where he was able to form words somehow. I don't know. I don't remember the exact thing. But um, the idea is that he was alive, you know. Um, and in this song, it talks about the sun and the passage of time, hearing him talk about kind of being in a cage of his own body, right? Imagine how many times he could have given up, how many times he could have just been like, oh my God, but inside of him, that spirit inside of him, that mind inside of him was like, I'm going to come out. Even if I can't speak or move my body, my limbs, I'm going to come through. And not only has he come through now, he's like has his own business and he's like married, you know. Um, and so he was his authenticity, his spirit, his soul was not going to concede to the oblivion of being silent and trapped in his body. He came through with the truth of who he is and he has lit the way for so many people who have suffered um, or families who have who have had dealt with these um, catastrophic kind of injuries or sicknesses. And so for me, when I think about solstice, I think about this song because sometimes when we're caught in the dead of winter, we're wondering like, when is when is the earth going to come back to life? When is the sun going to shine? But even as we're in the sleep of winter, we are very much alive. We are very much alive. 
And we are very much able to do this beautiful transformational work. And it may look like taking a nap. It may look like being silent. It may look like making space for you to actually hear the voice within you that's been silenced. Okay. So his story really inspired me. And I was listening to it on the way to Brit studio, King Brit studio. And then, yeah, I got in the room and King was like playing me this track. And I was like, I know what I want to write about. And it's actually kind of one of my favorite songs I've made. Um, and I, I don't often collaborate with other producers or I haven't in the past. I'd like to change that. I always love working with King and um, the soundscape that he created, the beat, like it's just so beautiful. So I am um, hoping that this song supports you through this solstice season um, and that you will be strong when you're asking, well, when, when is it all going to happen? It's happening now right now all of this is alive all of this is ready to be loved to be transposed to its higher octave to be realized to be shifted right now so i'm sending you big blessings please remember to like and subscribe and enjoy my song when
sense you are allowing yourself 